the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Mm. That sound, still sounds nice. After all these years, what year did this come out, Pastor Sean? Uh, 2014 is when we recorded. So yeah, end of 2014 was when uh, Simple Things came out. Yep. And then you, this is the, uh, actually, this is a, a track that no one else has. This is the... Uh, this is our original, yeah. This yeah. is one of ours. Yeah, no, no one else has this. No, that's why I'm using it, because I don't want to pay royalties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheap. Brilliant. And you played the guitar on your own uh, book on tape. Oh, I totally, Even cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, even cheaper in the closet. Our, our audio book, yes. And it sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, we're right up there with anything on Audible, so, you know. That's nice. By the way, that is available on Spotify. Yes. And the book is still available there on the Amazon, mm-hmm. right? Amazon, yeah. Guide to yep. the Spirit-Filled Life. That's it. Still Spirit-Filled there, Pastor John? <laughs> yes, yeah. I am. I, I am. <laughs> that's cool. Well, I'm looking forward to today, but before we get to our special guest in the house. And we do. We do have... I'm going to be joined today... In holy matrimony. In holy matrimony. I want to sing, you're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. (laughs) Now we have to pay royalties for that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we have to apologize to all the listeners. Uh, I am joined by my lovely wife, Laurie Azaro, and she. we're going to be talking a little bit about work family ministry balance, yeah. uh, which is a whole lot of people struggling with that. In fact, we're going to do an entire staff retreat with mm-hmm. our team to talk about those things. So this is something we're just talking about, thinking about, and so I thought it'd be a great idea to have Lori on, uh, and she'll be joining us in just a bit. Well, I went and looked it up, Pastor Sean, and the last time that Lori was on the show, it was the highest listened to show that we ever had in the history of mm. for real life mm. with Pastor Sean. As well. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she tells me she's the only pe- reason anyone listens to me anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> but back then we talked about uh, kids, you know, raising. We're going to talk about again. You guys working uh, together in ministry, yeah, ministry and work and yes. work and because everybody faces that, you know. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, very good. Well, speaking of kids, though, I think we're getting back in the season of school starting up again, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are at River City Believers Academy. We are looking forward mm-hmm. to fall. Actually, it starts <laughs> middle of August, you know. So, right. but it's amazing how fast this summer's gone by. I know. You know, we're right now in the middle of our VBS, mm-hmm. and so. So that's just, we had our first night last night. It was awesome. Yeah. We're going to have well over 500 kids and we got over 200 volunteers. Kudos to Jamie McGuire, our next yeah. gen pastor, uh, Timmy Brewer, our elementary pastor, Lauren Wolf, our preschool pastor. They are just doing an amazing job. Now, were you involved with the VBS when you got injured there, when you hurt your foot? Was that what, what was that? Well, no, no, I, I was not. So I wanted to go get OSHA <laughs> and, and see if I could get workers <laughs> comp. <laughs> what are you limping for, man? You got to bring this up. Oh, yeah. Really got to bring this it's up. It's a visual, you know. Okay. So. What happened was uh, <laughs> last Saturday in the pool, grandkids, kids, my son Ryan and I are playing with the grandkids. We're playing basketball. And, you know, Ryan and I start going. Ryan is a young, strapping young man. I'm an old, decaying old man, so I'm doing the appropriate cheating, you know, those things. <laughs> hey, that, if you ain't cheating, <laughs> you ain't trying, right? Well, it's father-son thing. He does a slam dunk, and so then I got to do one. So I jump up, and I jump off a foot that I've been having some problems with. I've been going to a podiatrist trying to figure out what's wrong. We don't know yet. And something just 
tweaks in it. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought, oh, it hurts, but it'll feel better. Uh, it didn't. Uh-huh. Saturday night, I, I could barely move the thing. I was in such pain. Every time I moved, it hurt. Sunday morning, still painful. So I took a bunch of ibuprofen, literally carried a cane when I was walking around the campus to try to not put too much weight on it. Right. And, I, and then I preached and did the deal. It's much better today, actually. Thank you for asking, Baron. No, no, no. <laughs> and did you score, though? Did you get the foul and the score? Yes, of course. <laughs> well, he didn't acknowledge the foul, but I called it. <laughs> exactly. And it's my house, my, <laughs> my, my <rules>. pool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, again, this is like a bonus uh, summer camp you had at the camp. I got to ask, and we'll just go ahead and bring you in, Miss Laurie, because uh, we got to hear your version of the Yaya Pops camp, right? Oh, yes, that's true. We have we have Yaya. This is Laurie Azaro, known as Yaya in our family. Yaya to our grandkids and all their friends. <laughs> How did Yaya come to be? How did Yaya? Uh, we were actually going to be called Lolly and Pops when we found out Lauren was pregnant uh, with our first grandchild, and she couldn't say her L's came out yeah yeah instead yeah. of lolly so it was so it cute stuck. we were yeah. it, was, it wasn't going anywhere so yeah <laughs> so what is your take on yeah yeah pops, yeah, yeah, pops camp it, uh this year went great this was our fourth year to do it was fourth it? year yeah. fourth year yeah. i started off with just four we had our fifth yeah and so we had them ranging from age three to almost nine no change the two. Moses two. two not, yes, yes, two to I nine. You had to be three. Two not, no, you have to be two. Two, two oh. the that's bottom right. Cutoff. Yes. Right. So uh changed the dynamic a little bit. Yeah. But it was good. We were exhausted, but it was a good exhausted. So yeah. Did you take lots of pictures? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Tons we of pictures. Cre- I created a little album. Did you? Afterwards. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Okay. Come you on. that gift, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they have to be two. And last year. My daughter in law, Rachel, like left him in the house. <laughs> Hoping we wouldn't see Hoping him. Hoping we wouldn't notice. And they leave, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but let me just tell you, that two year old was a gamer, ma'am. And he oh, played he the whole Yaya Pops thing, camp thing. I mean, oh. one night we put him to bed early. He didn't want to go. He's crying. Sean went to go just soothe him, and he's in bed crying. Yaya Pops camp. Yaya Pops Oh, I totally course, got him up yeah. immediately. Wow. He knew. He was had the weakest link. Yeah. I got him up. Yeah. He got to stay up a little bit later. It wasn't much, but he got to be up with everybody else. They went to bed, but no, yeah. it's Yaya Pops Camp. It, you don't have to go to bed early in Yaya yeah. Pops Camp. No, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Does he have the T-shirt to prove it too? Oh, oh yes, of course t-shirts. he does. Really? Of course. T-shirt, swag bags yeah. and T-shirts. What kind of camp would it be without swag bags and T-shirts? <laughs> what kind of? I don't know what kind of operation you yeah, run right? at your place. Okay, you get these Yeti mugs there, Yaya Pops on there. <laughs> well, not yet. Okay, but they do get mugs. They get they get cups and things, and right. you know, so yeah. it's it's. It's, it's first class. It's a legit camp, Baron. That's awesome. Well, guys, uh, Sean, this is your idea to, to get yeah. together to, to flesh out how you guys started off in ministry. And not only started off in ministry, but doing it together as a married couple there, too, which a lot of people can't do. Yeah. We had we had another guest that we thought we were going to interview today. Next and week. We, we've, been, we've had this in queue, but we're, we're doing this retreat for our staff and talking about work-life balance. And this, this isn't just for ministers. This is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Work-life, family, marriage. And, and I think a whole lot of people are just feeling rushed and challenged you know the pandemic stressed a lot of marriages a lot of families and so we want to talk about that so you know that's why i thought hey let's get Lori on um mm-hmm. you know and let's have this conversation and you're I, we have a professional interviewer right here so oh, great well, rock thank, and roll well thank you for writing the questions down for me <laughs> you have to tell them that <laughs> really, hey, do we reveal everything this is here real life man i'm gonna be as, there you go let's make it real uh well hey well let's just start off and again a little history if you will when river city started if i remember correctly it was in your house it yes was. yes yeah. it was in our living room and immediately you laura you had to be on board right oh yeah Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you have a responsibility when you first started, Lori? Tiny. Yeah. I mean, we're hosting it in our house, and then we all had little children, so... Mm-hmm. Um, no, she's worn so many hats. I know. You know, but the, the I think the interesting thing is, 
she grew up in a Christian family, mm-hmm. you know, knew they knew the Lord, knew lots of ministers. They, had, her mom and dad, actually both went to a Bible college here in town, so they knew lots of pastors mm-hmm. and had friends in ministry. But when we started this work, God called us to walk very differently. It was total entrepreneurial, starting something from scratch. We didn't have a sponsoring organization at first, mm-hmm. not till actually a couple of years in, and so that created some challenges. You know, yeah. we were at. I knew. I mean, God had really dealt with me on this is it. This is that little church that you that he'd given me a vision for. And it's mm-hmm. a little group of people just having a little Bible study in my living room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Lori, it's like, <clears throat> okay, um, but what about your job? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, as far as the beginning part, that part was a little bit challenging for us because we knew um, that God had called us to do this. But nobody around us at that point in time was doing church planting was not something that you really heard much about. Mm-hmm. And any reference that I had for people in ministry, it was very traditional as far as you didn't make a lot of money, but you knew you had a steady paycheck and you knew what you could plan on and life was going to be lean, but that was okay. Mm-hmm. This was very different because there was no paycheck and there was um, no definition of what this was supposed to look like. So while he had the vision and the faith to step out in it, I didn't understand it. So there was a, quite a few years where I fought him and fought God. And really? <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let me clarify that because she was absolutely supportive. Sure. But when it gets that hard, and she even had people close to her saying, okay, this is great, altruistic, but when do you kind of quit? Mm-hmm. You know, when is enough enough? Mm, interesting. Because how long before this actually becomes a real thing and how long before you can actually like expect a, a paycheck? Mm-hmm. And interesting story how the Lord dealt with her because you know, we were together, but, but there was this division of what we saw our expectations were different Mm. and you know i just think for married couples this is i mean i think in lots of different ways you deal with this and one of the one of the couple feels one way very strongly about something and the other doesn't get it Mm -hmm. Lori did something i thought was very wise tell them about that night when just god spoke to you yeah um bottom line is again i said i fought Sean, I fought the Lord, but it was at a point where I had to surrender mm. what my vision of what my life was going to look like, of what our family was going to look like, even what our ministry was going to look like, and say, okay, God, it's, I'm just going to lay it all at your feet. It's up to you, and I'll trust you with it. And so it was like once I did that, the the angst that I had been dealing with, the fear subsided, and I knew, okay, God's got this no matter what it looks like. I'm going to be okay. Our family's going to be okay. And I think it, from that point on, it got a little bit easier. It did. It, it did. But she came and told me, God, God talked to me. You're not, you're not my yeah, provider. God is. Yeah. <laughs> she, wow. she's, she shared that well, with and me. That's and even, if you me. crash and burn, well, whatever. Did. But me and the kids are going to be okay. I like I said, even if Sean blows it, I'll take care of you. Kids. Okay, well, that's all I need to know. And then yeah, remind so. me how old the kids are at this time, too, at the beginning. Oh, Ryan might was not, just a at baby. At that point, yeah. Ryan might not have even been born yet. Or maybe he was, he was just a yeah. brand new babe. Yeah, and Lauren was uh, three. So that's yeah. a challenge too. I mean, yeah. you've got this ministry going on and then your, your mom instincts are there to take care of your, right. your kids. Right, right, right. 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 And, so and it's interesting because God always took care of us. Always. Yeah. But it, it is a hard and even radical thing to say, okay, no, God's called me to do this. And I did little side jobs and things like that, but really the Lord just kept moving me forward in this thing. It was, it was very much a, a vision that I was driven by. He always met our needs. He kept meeting me, but it, it, that's so hard when you don't know what to expect. Right. You know, it was at that time that you know the question I asked: Well, God, you know, how much am I going to make? You're going to make a hundred percent of your needs. Mm. Well, thank you, Lord. Okay, let me ask it a different way. Um, <laughs> yeah, how much will I, and how much will I have? Yeah. Yeah. you'll have enough. But it was all part of this faith walk and this faith school that God was taking us through. It was like, I will provide. You won't know the plan. Mm. 
it won't make even sense on paper, but watch me do it. And yeah. it, and he did it. I mean, that's kind of been the definition of our ministry. It doesn't necessarily always work out on paper, but whatever God calls us to, he always takes care of it, always provides. And was it like manna just a little bit at a time, or was there a breakthrough moment? No, it, it, it was kind of, it was slow. The, the, I think God worked in some unique ways in our family in that. Well, obviously, then, then talk about those family roles, and, and how did you balance those things in the early days? Well, the interesting thing is with the way it worked, okay, I'm founding a ministry. But that there wasn't there was stuff to be done, but it wasn't like I was always I had to be at work you know forty fifty hours a week. Flexible, yeah, it, I had flexibility because of the nature of the schedule. Well, in that season, Lori worked. Lori worked retail for a time, did very well. She worked as a school teacher at several different Christian schools, and so while she was doing that, literally, I had Lauren, and then when Ryan came along, even Ryan. Now, both of our moms were in town, mm-hmm. and that's a game changer. We are so grateful for that. But one of the things, we had a conviction. And I, here, I am not in any way saying that everybody has to have exactly this conviction. I think there's wonderful things that happen with and through daycare, and there are people who that's what God has for you. For us, we said we want to raise our kids. We want to spend that time with them. You know, Not that we have any negative problem with daycare, but we just said that's something that we feel called to do and we want to do. Even if it means we got to sacrifice, we got to live much lower lifestyle, so when Lori was working, I was with the kids. And then when I needed to do something, one of our moms would watch them for a time while I had appointments or whatever it was. The way we think about it is it takes so many pieces of resource to, for a home to work. There's money that has to be brought in. There's kids that have to be cared for. There's home maintenance, things that have to happen. How you break that up with your family is, can be different mm-hmm. at different seasons. And it really was. But in that early season, she was the one who had that regular 9 to 5. Now, it was working at a Christian school. So she wasn't, you know, getting rich, right. but it provided some stability. Yeah. So they changed. They, um, again, like he said, you just kind of, we looked at what resources we had available, what had to be done and kind of changed and switched as, as the ministry and the jobs presented themselves. So, yeah. And I mean, why don't you talk about how did you see that change as the ministry grew? Um, again, when we first started, I was the one that went out and had the regular you know, nine to five, just because that was what afforded itself. But as the ministry grew and his uh, responsibilities needed more time that he had, that's when I came back and said, okay, then I'm going to focus on making sure that our, our home is run the way that we feel called that we need to run it as well as participating in the ministry. But at that time also, I, at first it was part-time pay and then because right. I'd raised some funds and it, then it was part-time pay. And then, it, then by that time now I'm having a full-time salary. And so we made that switch. Right. But you talked earlier about some financial decisions we had to make because, you know, you're, you're making decisions to live like this. Right. You're I mean, making some decisions. Yeah. And no matter what you decide to do, you're going to have to pick and choose. And so for us, we knew that, okay, that meant that there were certain things that maybe the culture said that you needed to have. To- Food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, but you know, okay, you've got to drive this kind of car and you've got to wear these kind of clothes and you've got to live in this kind of house. And we're like, well, no, we actually don't have to. God's providing what we need, but maybe it's not the definition of what we think it should be or what our culture says and so these are the sacrifices we're willing to make god's going right. to take care of our basic needs it's just maybe we're driving older junk cars or yeah. maybe we never get to go shopping or we eat home all the time we don't get to go eat out and that was fine and at the time it seems really hard like you're really sacrificing but now 35 years later and we see the state of our family and we see um what god mm-hmm. has done we go it was so worth it it was absolutely yeah. worth it they really weren't sacrifices even though at the time they seemed like they were yeah no it's a very interesting thing when you go, oh, I, I'm going to make my decisions 
based on a different priority matrix. Mm. And that, that's really what we were doing. It's like, okay, I need transportation. I don't need a nice recent model car. Mm-hmm. Right? And that was an interesting for, for us. You know, and I'm not against nice recent model cars. That's a great thing. When you can afford it, that's great. Fine. But if it's going to cost you something that you go, no, this is a high value for us. This is something that we feel God's called us to, then you got to say no. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to live in a little bit bigger house, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but I don't have to have that. And God didn't promise me a bigger house mm-hmm. or he said, I'm going to meet your needs. Right. And he always did. But it did require us having to say no to some things that other people are like, well, that's just normal stuff. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And even in that too, it's, um, you have to pray through a lot of that stuff because in my mind, I may think, okay, well to do what God's called me to do, I have to have this. If I don't submit that to the Lord, my perspective is not necessarily his. So you have to pray that God would show you what his perspective is. So I may think I need this size of a house to have, to start a ministry in our home, but God goes, no, you really don't watch what I can do with what you've got. So I'm fascinated that you guys, you just said you've been married 35 years. You guys are still friends. You guys still love each other. We do. And y'all yeah. been through everything, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, yes. Lots. You know? That's just... Uh, the yeah. stuff I've put up with. Oh, I know. Poor Sean. No, the he no, hold on a second. The, the joke's there. Does he still make you laugh? Does oh, he make does. She does. Make, does. She is all so... Because you know all the jokes, right? Sometimes yeah. I know they're pity laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I know pity that, laughs count. Yeah, the pity laughs do count. Uh, no, she's my girl. She yeah. laughs laughs at my stupid material. Yeah. So. Yeah. you got to keep it fresh, though, and you do that, right? And I'm working on Oh, yeah. Always new stuff. Always new stuff. Yeah. Now, that's a key. And And... You know, some of the stuff we're going to talk about through the just the rest of our conversation together, I think is key because that doesn't just happen. That's not just accidental. Life, work, ministry is really important. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm not saying it's not, but you got to understand it's not all that's important. It's really not. And I think that's an important kind of part of this conversation. Well, Pastor Sean, just talk about the importance of, of the priorities you're talking about. How do you balance work and family, all that stuff, right in the middle of growing this ministry? I think that's, and anybody who's ever done and it's not just ministry, anything entrepreneurial. If you know that one of the uniquenesses and part of the fun is the changing dynamic, mm. right? And so, you know, in our dynamic in the beginning, you know, I didn't have all kinds of demands. The hard part was discerning vision and listening for God's voice when there was no help in that. And then doing everything yourself early on. Once there, we did get a few people and we began to grow a little bit. And there's some stuff. We did everything. You know, people don't understand. Lori has been on the worship team. She's an instrumentalist. She plays keyboard. She's a singer. She was our first children's minister, women's minister. She did whatever it was. Guest services, (laughs) administration. She did all that stuff, you know. And then as God brought other people, there were other great people. You know, we've Mm -hmm. talked with Willie Mayfield, his wife, Rachel, extreme gift in the early, early days of this ministry. Um, the, the, The thing is, as the opportunities grow, you know, at first it was all kind of just a few of us mm-hmm. doing everything. The big, the big change and challenge came when all of a sudden now that seems to be almost more than we can handle. Right. 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 And for me, you know, I, I, I have to go back to, or I'll get lost in the weeds. Mm. You know, I have to go back to, okay, top priorities, you know, kind of my North star of priorities early on in ministry. I'm like, my relationship with God is number one. That cannot fa- falter. Mm-hmm. That is first and foremost. Then is my relationship with Lori. And, I, you know, early on was interesting. I had some leaders and ministers in my life who were like, no, your ministry's got to be second. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't believe that. Yeah. My ministry to Lori, my relationship to Lori. 
And that's why we're still in love 35 years later, right? Because we both said, yeah, that's it. Third is our kids. Like, I didn't want to win a bunch of people to Jesus and then lose my kids. Wow. And then fourth is my job, my ministry. And I think that priority matrix, that pyramid of priority, if you will, w- would serve anyone listening really, really well. You know, God's first, then your marriage, then your kids, and then your work. Yeah. And if you keep that as far as, okay, when I have a tension between two of these and I have to make a decision, okay, I'm not going to throw the marriage out the window. I'm not going to keep saying, I'm not going to keep cheating my time when it comes to my fa- marriage and family. You know, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to, every once in a while, I'll say to work, sorry, I can't be there. Right. As the ministry's growing, you're constantly having to renegotiate that. You know, after time, you start to settle into a routine. Yeah, but there are even seasons. I think it can, I think you can find yourself off balance and you don't even realize that, that, that you're there. It kind of happens slowly. Mm. And, you know, when you see signs where, okay, you know, when's the last time we've had a meal together? Or wait, we seem like we're bickering an awful lot the last several weeks. Or the kids, they seem cranky all the time. Or whatever it may be, something just doesn't feel right. You can, if you will sit and evaluate, you can go, you know what, maybe I'm a little too heavy on this side. I've gotten too occupied with work or the resp- I'm not balancing it right. And so when you find yourself at that place, you have to, I think, come together and go, okay, something, we've gotten off kilter a little bit. We're off balance here. Let's look at all those, these other things that we're involved in may be really good things. Yeah. We're going to have to say no to some of them because we see that we're leaning too heavy mm. in our family or what we say is the most important things they're slacking, they're lacking. Yep. And yep. so it, it's a, and it's a value, constant evaluation. How I does think. your chemistry work between you two? Is that an official, we need to have a meeting and talk about this or is it just a, it, a, it's, I think it's changed. I mean, there were times when the kids were at home, we used to every Monday morning sit down with our calendars uh-huh. and we would look at the week, we would look at the month, we would look at what the evenings look like. And we were very intentional about that as you know, the, we're empty nesters now. And so it's changed, but um, definitely but we're together all the yeah, time. Yeah. Right? We're together almost every morning. We're yeah. early. We're having coffee together on the pat back patio and so we just do this naturally i think it's important to recognize and and, you know if you're listening and you're in the midst of maybe a changing situation or changing growing uh those adjustments when you have that priority piece you make them according to that priority matrix one of the big things that i discovered as a leader and if you're leading something this is gold this for me was such a a revelation it's this idea of one multiplication you know, you've got to, you, you give things away. You let other people do things. Yeah, but they can't do it as well as I can. If they can do it like 75, 80% as well as you can, it's great. Give it away. Yes. Give it away. Because one, you'll find some ways they do it better than you. <laughs> okay. Let your ego handle that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. And two, that allows you to focus on those most important things that only you can do. I described it as I, as the ministry grew, I had a smaller piece of a bigger pie. But my plate was always just full because the pie is getting bigger, but my slice is getting smaller because I'm focusing more. Mm. And so what that allowed, it, I remember the first few times we went by the church, events were happening, and, and I wasn't there. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, I, maybe maybe I should swing by, honey. I, they probably need me. Yeah. And, and then I remember the first few times I drove by, something's happened at the church, and I didn't even know what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> right? I didn't How even know what I was missing. Yeah. Now, you know, after a while, I was like, Oh, this isn't my ministry. This is God's. Mm. He's called me to lead it, but those people are now doing their ministry, and I'm helping equip and support. Right. That's awesome. Right. And that was such a. But it also allowed us to say, "I'm not going to keep putting my family on the back burner. I'm not going to put my marriage on the back burner. I'm going to focus on these people and disciple them first, and then together we're going to disciple lots of other people too." And one thing I want to say to moms, because I know um, moms in particular, we feel like we have to balance 
everything. Um, you're trying to manage work. You're trying to manage family. You're trying to manage your marriage. You're trying to mm-hmm. manage you know, relationships outside of that. And a lot of times we just try to do this all on our own, and we don't communicate necessarily with our husbands how we're feeling or what we're seeing or where the temperature is you know, that we can feel in our family. You've got to talk that over with your spouse and make yeah. them aware um, so that you can work together on how to resolve whatever mm-hmm. issues that you're going through. Yeah, and, and do you husbands, you... Uh, husbands and dads out there, I, I hate to say this, and if you're listening with your wife, please forgive me, because <laughs> it might feel like I'm throwing you under the bus a little bit, but uh, I'm there with you. Listen to her. It doesn't mean she's always right, but they, I, I will tell you, women just often relationally have a sense. They read the room in the family and in those relationships better. And so if she's feeling something's wrong, even if she's not articulating it perfectly, that, that's not the point. Listen to her. Humble yourself a little bit and just listen. Go, okay, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. And then listen, because I'll tell you what, it was Lori's feelings and her sense of, yeah, you realize how long it's been since we've maybe you know, done something together as a family or, or we're just catching dinners together. We have this thing. We want to do dinners together with the family at the table, but we're, we're, we're fighting and they're just short and we're not <laughs> calmly walking through life together. Mm. And it was, it was good. It was good, wise counsel. That, I would just say, man, keep that priority thing, whatever your work, whatever your life is, keep those priorities in order and then, uh, and then do what God puts in your heart and you'll be great. Well, if I may say, as Sean, as you said earlier, uh, uh, if you're listening to this right now, well, I'm listening to this right now. It feels like it's a word for me and what, you know, it's going on in my world, in my business, in my mm-hmm. house, in my wife. So thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. Sure. Yeah. Our I'm pleasure. Our blessing. Yeah. yeah. Are you teaching with a cane next uh, Sunday, Pastor no, Sean? No, no, I'm back. Okay. I'm, I'm back. I, I might have a small limp. Uh, I'm going to the doctor on Thursday, so, All no, right. so well, no. But no, we're, we're continuing the series. Got off to a great start, uh, the Thanks for Sharing series. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, living a contagious faith. And uh, I, we, we started off great by just learning, you know, sharing differently is really about seeing differently. Mm-hmm. How I see myself, how I see the gospel, how I see Jesus. And, and when you understand what's going on, all of a sudden your motivation changes because you begin to say, one, have I really had an experience with Jesus? Two, do I, now, now I want to share that when I have. And so uh, we're going to continue that series, 930, 1130 at River City. We'd love to have you come. For more information, go to reallife.org. And I just want to say thanks for listening to the podcast today. Uh, thanks for sharing this with others and for rating us and giving us reviews. We appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. Hey, thanks again for listening. God bless you. Hope you guys have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.